The physical changes are secondary. It's the mental transformation that gets people hooked on health and fitness. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast, where you've come to grow your mind in order to transform your body. I'm your host, Deanna. Let's dive right in. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Mental Reps Podcast. I, I think this is what, episode four? Four, five? I mean, I guess five technically, but that first one was more so just, hello, hi, is my microphone working? What is this thing all about? So I guess you can say this is officially episode four, and today we're going to be talking all about transitioning from being an athlete and athlete life to the real world and what the heck that is all about. And honestly, I'm really, really excited to jump into this topic because, I mean, obviously it is very near and dear to my heart. It's something that I personally went through and have a ton of experience and stories and hopefully tips and tricks to share with all of you guys. But it was also something that I struggled with quite a bit. And it was an episode that I had originally written down as a topic that I potentially, you know, might want to talk about or would be good to talk about. And then it was actually requested by a few of you guys uh, quite a bit. So I, I think we are all definitely on the same page, whether you are a current athlete, a former athlete, you are, you know, going to be transitioning from the you know athlete life to the real world soon whatever it may be i think we're all on the same page where this is a topic that is definitely under talked about or not explained enough i mean nobody really prepares you for the real world and that sounds super dramatic but going from life as an athlete and having that be your identity and your full-time job it's who you are it's what you do going from that to like hey, you don't play a sport anymore. You're no longer an athlete. You're not part of something. It's really hard. It's really, really hard. And for anybody out there listening to this who is going through that, has been through it, or is going to be going through it, I want you to know that I am here for you. So, so many post-athlete, whatever, we are all here for you. And I think the best thing we can do is have this conversation because you're not alone. And I want to try to do my best in this episode to give you a little bit of insight into kind of what I went through and some of the lessons that I learned. So maybe, you know, if you are going to be transitioning out of athlete life, you can start to kind of skip a few steps. And I definitely cannot say that I have it all figured out or that it was a seamless transition or anything like that. But I think giving, you know, that inside scoop into what I went through um, can start to have that conversation. We can start to kind of put the pieces together for anyone struggling or going to be kind of making this transition. So with that being said, as always, if anyone listening, if you are an athlete or maybe you were an athlete 10 years ago and you're still like, how the heck do I figure out this whole real world thing? I'm going to leave a question box at the end of this episode for you guys to just brain dump. Whatever your thoughts are, questions, comments, concerns, tell me a story. Maybe you went through something similar or you are going through it, whatever it may be. I'm going to leave that there for you guys because I really do want this to be as much of an open and interactive conversation as possible. Because me sitting down and recording this is not like, oh, listen to that. I have all the answers. It's an ongoing battle, struggle, and conversation, like I said, that should be continued throughout weeks, months, years, whatever it is. I think it's super important. So without further ado, let's dive right in. So in order to understand this transition, you have to understand my background and where I came from. And I think, again, a lot of athletes can definitely relate. So growing up, I did gymnastics. 
that was pretty much all I did. I started gymnastics at the age of three years old. I did little mommy and me classes and my mom would bring me in and we would, you know, play around on all the mats and swing on the bars. And it was so fun. That quickly turned into a full-time job. And honestly, it was my identity. So growing up, all I did was gymnastics, school, and then practice, home, repeat. Weekends, oh, I have practice. Oh, hey, you want to go here? Nope, sorry, I have practice. Oh, you want to do, you know, this vacation this summer? We're all going to the Jersey Shore. And I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm in season. I'm training. I'm doing this, whatever it is. Gymnastics was who I was. It was what I did. It was who and what I identified with. And I never really gave it much thought outside of that. And that that's fine, right? Growing up, you need something like that. We all do whether you're an athlete or maybe you're a musician or whatever your thing is. I think that's really important growing up to have your thing and to identify with that thing. It just gets really, really tricky to then unidentify with it, right? Kind of switching out of that. I am a soccer player. I am a lacrosse player. I am a gymnast into like, hey, who the heck are you outside of that sport? So growing up, I never had to think about it. I never really cared to think about it. And that continued right through my time as a gymnast at the University of Maryland, which I'll probably wind up doing another episode on that more specifically. So I won't go too deep into it now, but I was a gymnast at the University of Maryland, which if anyone has um, done, you know, division one athletics, it, it takes your identity to the next level. That is all you are known for. You are an athlete representing the school. In, in whatever sport, whether it's gymnastics, football, soccer, baseball, whatever it is, that's who you are. Like, oh, I'm a basketball player in Maryland. It's like, you don't even need to say your name. It's like, oh, cool. Like, you, you know who that person is just based on that. And that is entirely what happened to me. And I, I really think everyone, when they uh, do, you know, participate in college level sports, especially at the division one level, you are playing a very big role. You're representing a major university. And for the most part, you identify with whatever you're representing. I was a gymnast. I'm here. I'm a UMD Terp and I'm on the gymnastics team. That was my Instagram bio. That was my, when I met people like, hey, hi, who are you? What do you do? That's what my response was always. And I was so proud of that. I am still so proud of that. That was a major piece of my identity that I don't think I would be who I am today without it. Again, I'll probably touch on this in another episode in the future, but I think a lot of us can relate. Like you just, Hey, what's up? Who are you? You are that person. You are that athlete. You, you know, wear your school with pride and and you show up in your sport to perform and to do a job essentially. Um, And I never really had to think past that because it didn't really matter what else I had going on. If I had that identity linked to me and who I am, I was good. I was successful. I was established. I had my team, my coaches, my routine, my structure, all of it. A a gymnast was who I was, what I did, what I was good at, what my hobbies were, all tied up in one seven-letter word for 18 years of my life. That is it. Okay, so now we go from that to you graduate from whatever level you were doing. If you stopped playing playing sports in high school, then cool. Then if it was college, cool. If it was professional, cool. Like at some point or another, we all have to transition out of athlete life because unfortunately, hey, newsflash guys, we are not going to make it in the sports industry past the age of like, I don't know, not for a while. We all know this. Your body hits a point where you're like, yeah, I'm done, I'm out. And for gymnastics, that is right up at the point of graduating college 
for most of us, if any gymnasts out there are listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. Like you hit that like 21 years old and your body's like, ouch, I am not doing this anymore. I'm over it. I'm done. So then we have to transition out of athlete life. And wow, what a, I was shell shocked. Like, hi, who are you? What do you do? And it's like, uh, I, uh, I'm, uh, it's really hard. It's really, really hard. So I want to kind of approach this topic uh, from a few different angles. Honestly, I want to talk about kind of transitioning out of athlete life into the workforce and work life. I want to talk about transitioning out of athlete life into your own health and fitness journey and your own identity in terms of how you want to move your body outside of sports. And then I also want to talk about transitioning um, out of athlete life into your own identity and the mindset and mental piece of the puzzle, because I think that that is equally, if not the most important piece of this whole thing is, is finding your new identity. Okay, so being an athlete, especially at the Division One level, it's a full-time job. It truthfully is. I spent way more than 40 hours a week in everything that I had to do between practices, lifts, meetings, um, you know, rehab. It just It's way more than a full-time job. And it's all really hard, right? It's freaking early morning lifts. Your body hurts. You're tired. Practices, meetings, whatever it is, it's all hard. But in my opinion, it's a much different kind of hard than the hustle and grind of having to wake up, you know, at 5 a.m., put on a face of makeup, do your hair, get dressed up, commute to work and, and do a job that, you know, the music's not blasting. You're not there with all your teammates grinding in the gym together. Like you're, you're there to do a job, um, maybe not the most exciting job. And then you go home and you do it again and again and again. And yes, being an athlete and going to practices and lifts and all that can get repetitive. Absolutely. It's the same shit every day, day in and day out, day in and day out. But like, to me, that grind is a much different grind than like the nine to five grind. Okay. That's a, that's a much different. And for me, a, a preferred battle to go through practices, lifts, meetings, strength, et cetera, et cetera, than to go through a Monday through Friday, nine to five, commute and commute back, commute and commute back. And I had a very, very, very hard time transitioning from athlete life into work life. And this transition is different for everyone based on quite a few different factors, um, how your schedule was as an athlete, you know, what job you go into, what your commute looks like, what you're doing, the path, your career, all of it. it it's totally different. Um, but I think for all of us, we can agree, all of us, meaning athletes in general, can agree that the grind of athlete life is a much preferred grind than the grind of a full-time job. So let's just, there's going to be a lot of hard truths and maybe some hard pills to swallow in this episode in general, especially if you are listening from a standpoint of preparing for that transition. I'm going to tell you guys straight up, it is not easy. It's not easy. You're going to have to figure your shit out for a while and figure it out again and again and again, but you'll figure it out. And the biggest piece of the puzzle is to continually try to figure it out. You're going to get upset. You're going to get discouraged. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to say, I want to just go back to having practices and lifts. And we all do. But the reality of it is that that stage of your life is over and you have to figure out what your new normal is. And hopefully it's something that you can eventually really, really enjoy and find that passion with again, <laughs> but it does not come easily. <laughs> okay. It really, really doesn't. So 
Um, I'm going to give you guys a few tips and, and things like that, that I went through uh, quite a bit and things that I learned through this transition. So number one, and these are in no particular order. It's not like this first one is any more important than the last one. But first thing I had written down on here is just to like when you're starting a full-time job after being an athlete, find what you enjoy. And you guys are probably going to roll your eyes like, yeah, D, find what you enjoy. Like, duh. But I I'm so serious. If you are someone who can't sit still for more than five minutes, you're always on the go, ton of energy. For you to transition from channeling all that energy into your sport to sitting behind a desk, doing a desk job nine to five, no freaking way are you going to be able to make that a smooth transition. Okay, it's not going to happen. So find at least something that you enjoy. And for a lot of people, post-athlete life, it's doing something in a sports setting or an athletic setting. Even if it's not necessarily like coaching, there are so many different jobs and career paths in the world of sports at this point. Like you can do anything. You can do anything for, and maybe like finances is your thing. And you were a finance major in college and now you don't want to work a desk job. Like, hey, be like the financial, I don't know, advisor for the New York Yankees. I don't even know if that's a job, but you know what I'm saying? Like you can do different things and jobs and careers in the sports setting. And I would highly recommend finding your niche in that realm if that's something that you enjoyed. If you hated sports and you couldn't wait for your, your season to be done, your senior season, and you wanted to graduate, then no, never mind. Forget that. Don't go find a job in a sports setting because clearly that was not for you. But for most of us, we liked our sport and that's why we did it for so long. So I think um, trying to find a job or continue that work life balance in a sports setting makes that transition a lot easier. Um, I had friends who worked with um, athletics at Maryland. That was a great transition. I had friends who started coaching back home. Again, really easy transition just to get your foot in the door of like what it's like to work a full-time job. Because again, your full-time job as an athlete is much different than a full-time job job in the real world. Next little piece of advice I would, <laughs> and I'll tell my story on this a little bit. I would suggest keeping your commute as minimal as possible, as minimal as possible. Oh my goodness, this has never hit me in the face more in my entire life. So, okay, here, I'll, I'll go into it a little bit. When I first graduated college, I was planning on going to PA school, either PA school or medical school. It was going to be one of the two, and I had some time to kind of figure it out because I had finished and graduated my undergrad in just three years. So in my mind, I almost had a built-in gap year to like figure my shit out and decide what I wanted to do because I graduated a year early, and that was great. So my mind was some sort of medical field, either PA or med school, full send, let's do it. So immediately my you know next step post-graduation was I needed to get a job in the medical field and start getting direct patient care hours. Anyone in the medical field listening to this knows how important that is for applications. It's, it's literally a requirement that you have hundreds of hours like dealing with patients in a medical setting to even be able to apply to the school and holy freaking crap. Thank God that that is a necessity because I would have never landed where I am today if I had never gotten this job for that specific reason. So I started working at an eye doctor. I had never been to an eye doctor in my life. I have pretty good vision. I do not have glasses, contacts, none of that. They check my eyes like once a year in my physical and they're like, yep, you're good to go. Like that's it. I've never done that. So it was a totally new setting for me, which honestly I kind of liked. And it was a huge office. There was like six or seven eye doctors in this one practice. And it was massive. It was in a 
very nice area of Connecticut, very bougie, very, you know, everyone we saw like had their Louis Vuitton bag when they walked in. It was very cool. I loved it for a while, but holy freaking shit. I was ready to absolutely pull my hair out of my head probably a week in. And I kid you not probably a week in. And I guys, I'm not a quitter. I'm not a quitter. I'm not a complainer. I am not the type of person to like, that's not me. I will do whatever is asked of me with a smile on my face as absolute best as I can do it every damn day of the week. That's who I am. This job put me through the freaking ringer. It put me through the ringer and I'm not going to talk too specifically on it, but holy shit was I not prepared. Okay. So I had to get there at around 7:30 every morning and my commute was a little over an hour. And let me tell you, it is a lot different waking up at 5 a.m., rolling out of bed in whatever PJs you're wearing and heading off to your lift with your team than it is to roll out of bed at 5 a.m., have to put yourself together, grab your coffee like a grown adult. I was wearing my scrubs, drive into work for over an hour, trying desperately not to fall asleep at the wheel to get there. Boom, 7.30 a.m. Here I am. Well, 7.15 because, you know, I got to be early. 7.15. And then some days we didn't leave until around 8 p.m. at night. Like this doctor chose an eye doctor. We are not in a hospital setting. We are not, you know, I was not a nurse, night shift nurse, nothing like that. He decided on his own will that he would like to work uh, over 12 hours someday, some days, and just take on a ton of patients. So I'm like, oh, perfect. I'll be grinding. I love it. Sign me up. I'll get all my steps in, walking around. Oh my gosh, guys. He put me through the freaking ringer. Again, I'm not going to talk poorly on him or the office or the job. It was amazing. It was just not for me. And it was not the setting for me. It was not the job for me. I am a doer. And this was more of a shadowing type position. I was losing my freaking mind. I was losing my mind. So what did I do? I quit. I literally quit. I would come home crying every single day from work in my hour commute because it was so exhausting that as soon as work was done, all I wanted to do was get home and get in my bed. I stopped going to the gym because I was so exhausted. I had to sit in traffic every single day, which drove me crazy. I would cry my eyes out on the way home. I would get home. My mom would say, how was work? I would start bawling my eyes out again. It was the most frustrating, monotonous, I don't even know how to explain it. And I talked to her about it so many times, mom, I can't do this. It's not the job for me. I want to quit, da, da, da. And she kept reminding me, you're not a quitter. You're not a quitter. And I'm like, damn, you know, you're right. I'm not a quitter. I don't know what it was that one day, something, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back, whatever that saying is, I walked into my manager's office and I put my two weeks in. I said, I got to freaking go. I literally need to go. And obviously that's not what I said, but I quit straight up. I was like, this is not for me. F this shit. I'm not doing it this whole work thing is is not for me. And I was watching all of my teammates who were like, didn't graduate early. They were living out their senior year and like practices and meets and the hype and all this. And I'm like, I'm sitting behind a desk doing, you know, patient charts and falling asleep. Like it was just so upsetting. All the adrenaline and the hype and the workouts and the music and the early morning grind. Like this was not the same early morning grind. Okay. So that kind of brings me to my next tip. Like this sounds super negative, like expect to hate it a little bit, expect to hate that transition. And especially if you go from someone like me who loved that high energy athlete life to something where you are almost like a shell of a human being, like no personality, no excitement, no music playing. Like he used to play like fifties old school in the hallway outside of the patient rooms. And I'm like, 
there is only so much of this I can listen to before I actually feel like I'm going clinically insane. Like it was terrible. And again, that was a really hard transition and I expected to love it. I was like, Ooh, I'm going to look so cute in my scrubs. Like this is going to be amazing. I did not. I set myself up for a lot of disappointment and I wish I had gone in with a little bit of a different understanding of what it would be like to work a full-time job again, 40 hours plus a two hour commute every single day, you know, get home, pack my shit up for the next day, go to sleep and do it again. It's a grind. And I expected to love it. I freaking hated it. So for anyone listening out there, expect the unexpected, expect to not fall deeply in love with the first job you ever get out of college. It's not going to happen. 99% of the time, whatever the first job you get outside of college, post-athlete life, it's a stepping stone to something much greater. And that's another thing they don't really prepare you for when you're graduating. Everybody wants you to have this like grand plan of a 10-year, you know, step-by-step. Next thing I know, I'm going to be an established surgeon. Like that's what I was aiming for. And I'm like, cool, grind it out. We'll do it. 10 years, boom, I'm done. Like, no, (laughs) no. The first job you get out of college Coming from athlete life, expect to hate it at least a little bit. Which kind of brings me to my next point as I was circling back to the first one, like doing something in a sports setting or athletic setting. I switched from that job in the medical field to being offered a job as a personal trainer at the gym that I went to. Just like kind of out of nowhere, walked in one day and they're like, hey, we're hiring trainers. You want to be a trainer? You're always here. Because at that point, I was unemployed, and the only thing I did every single day of the week was go to the gym because I freaking loved it. And I'm like, F this doctor. I quit. I want to work on me. I want to go to the gym. Like, no plan in place. I was unemployed for probably close to a month or two, just, like, grinding it out in the gym. And that's a whole nother story. Anyway, they offered me a job as a personal trainer and I had no certifications. I had never trained people before. I had been trained my entire life, but I had never been in that other position in the other role. Um, so I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. I don't know what this is about. I don't really care. It's gotta be better than sitting in that office all day long. So I I did it. I was like, let's do it. So that already was a huge step in the right direction. I felt like a sense of peace knowing I was going to be doing something that again was more of what I loved. It was in a better setting, right? In a gym, music blasting, 6 a.m. grind, that similar setting that I was used to as an athlete replicated in like a career field. And I was like, huh, this can't be so bad. So that kind of, that's why I had written that original point about potentially doing something that at least carries through some of the things you love about being an athlete. And that's a tough, (laughs) that's a tough tip to go on because obviously you can't base your career choices off of like whether the music's blasting at the new location that you're going to be at. But at the end of the day, I do think it's really important if you are kind of nervous or anxious about that transition to try to apply as much of your likes that you like as an athlete into whatever your career is, even if it's as simple as like being a part of a team and you're applying for jobs, and this one company has like a really great team dynamic, I guarantee you'll like that job and position a lot better than you would like something maybe remote or isolated or kind of on your own. So find those little tactics, little things that you really, really enjoyed, and try to bring them into your new career. Again, not expecting the world with the first job you get out of college, expect it to be shitty, expect you to have to grind it out, expect some early mornings, maybe a few tears shed if you're like me, but make sure that you are doing your best to potentially see a future within that career. Um, Okay, so that's kind of that point. Going back to personal training as well. um, 
this is, and I want to touch on this too, because I do think that going from being an athlete to a personal trainer or a fitness coach or a strength and conditioning coach, that is like the natural progression. And if you talk to a lot of athletes, I guarantee they're going to say the same where they went from being an athlete to working in a gym in, in some capacity. And I said yes to that job that day I applied and interviewed or whatever, but I had the job and every step of the way, I was kind of fighting it a little bit. Cause I'm like, this is what every athlete does. Like they graduate and become a personal trainer. Like in my eyes, I'm like, I'm better than that. I am so much better than that. Like I didn't like, I, I used to like laugh at people who graduated high school or college and became a trainer. Like that's the easy route. Like, oh my gosh, they just, they work at the gym now. Like I rolled my eyes and in my eyes, I'm like, I didn't work my ass off, finish my undergrad in three years, have these goals and aspirations to become a freaking surgeon to work at a gym. No way. Hell no. That's a hell no for me, dog. Like, absolutely not. But I gave it a shot. I stopped fighting it. I said, let me just see what this is about. I, I went the whole medical route and I freaking hated that. Let me, let me give this a shot. And it wasn't perfect. It wasn't a blast, but it was way better. And right then and there, it's, it's putting those pieces together. This was a very, very important piece for me to learn that like, I didn't belong so much in the medical field. I love helping people. I like being around people. I like the personal setting of things. And like a lot of that is, you know, in a medical office, you're around people and you're helping blah, blah, blah. But it's so much different than the energy you experience, in my opinion, in like the health and fitness realm. So I stopped fighting it. I learned to kind of give in to like maybe what my heart was kind of like pushing me towards. And then I gave it a shot. And I think that is really important. If you're given an opportunity, even if you're iffy about it, even if you're like, I don't know, like this is not what I was trying to do. Like those opportunities come up for a reason. A lot of times those things pop up when you're, when you least expect it. And it's like the perfect timing. So if you are going through this transition and you're like, damn, what the F am I going to do? And something weird pops up, an opportunity, an ad for like a job on LinkedIn. I don't know. And you like kind of think about it for a second go for it. Absolutely go for it. There's nothing to lose really, honestly. And me, in my opinion, and where I was, I, there was no more, there could not have been a worse job than the first one that I worked. So I was like, what is there to lose? Absolutely not. So leaning towards your passion, leaning towards those callings, I think when finding a career path is so important. And guys, I am not a career coach or a counselor or have any jurisdiction to you know, give you career advice, but I've talked to a lot of my old teammates, former athletes, and we all kind of felt the same way. Um, they tried to, and me too, they tried to step into a job that didn't fit them, that didn't fit their personality or their energy or their, you know, their drive, their passion, and then immediately realized it was not going to work. So let's just avoid that step in the process. It's a necessary step, but if we can avoid it, let's avoid it and find ways to integrate pieces of your norm, the norm that you know as a sports member and athlete into an atmosphere of your career and the direction you want to go. It, it really does make that transition a lot easier when there are some, there's some sense of familiar, familiarity. I'm not saying that right. That's okay. In your routine. Um, last thing I wanted to say about career is give it time, like give it a lot of time. It it took months, actually it took longer than months to adjust to the crazy life of athletes and division one and college and all that. Like it took a while to adjust, right? Like we can all think back and be like, yeah, that was a hard transition. 
Don't expect the transition out of athlete life to be any easier. You're not going to start your job on a Monday and by Wednesday be like, I figured this shit out. Like, it's not going to happen. So don't expect that. Expect it to take, honestly, double as long as however long it took you to transition into your Division One role. It's going to take double that. You want to know why? Because you've been playing sports your whole life. So to adjust to a new sports schedule, truthfully, is not that hard. But to adjust out of that schedule into a new realm that you have absolutely no idea of or experience in, it's going to take double that amount of time. Because for most of us, if you are an athlete, you are an athlete at a high, like the highest level, that was probably your job your whole life. Most of us, I worked like a part-time job, but most of us don't really work a full-time job through high school or college because you simply do not have enough time. So give yourself the time to transition from athlete to workforce Learn what you like, learn what you don't like, and make those adjustments. Like you graduate college at what, 22? You're not stuck. If you hate the job that you, you know, signed up for, but everyone's like, it's such a good job. You have so many benefits, like whatever that shit is. Like that doesn't mean you're stuck there. That doesn't mean you have to stay there. Find what you love, find what you enjoy, because you're going to hate every single minute of it until you do. Okay, next piece of the puzzle is finding your flow with health and fitness and your new exercise routine outside of being an athlete. Because, hey, guys, guess what? You're not going to be practicing your sport for the rest of your life, okay? And those workouts, for the most part, are killer. They are hard. They are sports-specific. You've got lifts on top of practices, on top of conditioning, on top of boot camp, and yada, 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 The list goes on and on and on and on and on. And... First and foremost, like, again, it's going to be hard to find your flow from athlete life to your own health and fitness journey. You are responsible for all of it. You're responsible for getting your ass up and getting to the gym. You're responsible for creating your workout split. You're responsible for your nutrition. You're responsible. Everything lies on you, whereas most of the time as an athlete, everything is figured out for you. Your practice times, your workouts, your lifts, your food. Like if I look back, like everything was decided for me every now and then. And I say that meaning like maybe twice a month, I would go and like do my own workout kind of deal, like in my like apartment gym at school. But like, seriously, I can think of a handful of times in all my years of college that I ever took it upon myself to go do a workout on my own. Reason being is because you did so freaking much as a team that, again, it was all decided for you. You really didn't need to do anything on your own. You didn't need to think. I didn't get to lift with my team and be like, huh, guys, what do you want to do today? Like, no, we were greeted by our lift coach. He had our lift written out on our little lift cards. We had to write down our weights that we use. Progressions were decided for us. Workouts, deload, this, that. Everything is picked for you. So when you graduate or you stop sports, it's like, oh, shit. Okay, so I don't have practice. Dope. I have so many more hours in the day. I don't have lift. Dope. I have so many more hours in the day. And then it's like, you hit a point where you're like, well, what the fuck do I fill those hours with? And I've seen both ends of the spectrum in terms of what you fill those hours with health and fitness post-athlete life. One, I've seen people do absolutely nothing. I've seen them fill those hours with absolute garbage. Or other end of the spectrum, I've seen people do absolutely everything and not in a good way. So here's what I mean by this doing absolutely nothing. I've seen people graduate college or high school, whatever, 
from being an athlete their whole lives and then never step foot in a gym again, never pick up their sport again, never exercise or move their body. It almost turns like into like, they're like resentful for everything they had to do. And they like take revenge by being like, ha, I'm never going to lift again because I hated that shit at school. Like, okay, cool, cool, cool. But like in reality, you're only spiting yourself, right? Your lift coach is not, you know, super upset and hurt by the fact that like you're never going to lift again. Like chances are they're probably never going to see you again. So whether you do or don't like spite them and you're like, I'm never going to do that Bulgarian split squat ever again because, you know, coach Greg made me do them all the time and I freaking hated them. Like, uh, okay, well, coach Greg now has no idea whether you're doing Bulgarian split squats again or not. And truth be told, coach Greg does not care. The only person you're hurting is you. So by doing absolutely nothing, we see the, the negatives of that, right? You turn into a couch potato, like, oh, back in the glory days, I used to, you know, I was the fastest one on my team. And it's like, well, when was the last time you even got on a treadmill to run or jog or walk? And you're like, oh, you know, you like brush it off. That's not where we want to be. But the other side of things is not where we want to be either. I've seen people do absolutely everything. Like I said, they fill all that free time with like double the amount of workouts and finding, you know, I'm going to lift and then I'm going to go to CrossFit and then I'm going to do this boot camp and then I'm going to go for a walk and then I'm going to do this and that, da, 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 da. Holy shit. That's not sustainable either, right? You can't be all or nothing. That does not work in this, does not work in health and fitness. It does not work in life. There is a very big gray area right in the middle where a lot of progress, a lot of sustainability lies. So you guys take a guess which one I fell into. Number two, doing absolutely everything. That was me. I graduated and was like, oh shit, okay. All right, I'm not practicing as much. I'm not walking 10 miles around campus each day. I'm not lifting. I don't have Sunday morning, you know, cardio. What am I gonna do? Da, da, da. I took it upon myself to do everything. I figured huh, let's just keep it going. (laughs) And I had no idea what I was doing. So I kept it going by being a cardio fiend. I would jump from like a 45 minute interval treadmill sprint workout to like 20 minutes on the elliptical to like burn an extra 200 calories and then jump on the stairs to like just do a quick little cool down for like 30 minutes on the stairs and then do some abs and go home. And like, yeah, I was probably in the gym for like two hours a day, but like doing that. And like that was getting me nowhere real quick because on the other side of things, I also decided to do nothing with my nutrition, meaning I basically stopped fueling my body at all. My mind went to the, I'm not moving as much, so I shouldn't be eating as much, which in reality is relatively true, right? If you're not practicing lifting and moving your body for six hours a day anymore, yeah, no, your calorie intake and your food intake should not be the same (laughs) because unless you're matching that level of intensity, you shouldn't really be matching your prior eating habits. And that's something we're going to touch on a bit too, because that's a huge, huge transitional hump that again, nobody prepares you for. So back to working out. I went from the doing absolutely everything and wanting to, you know, be my best self by doing cardio and eating like some, you know, nuts and fruit snacks for the entire day and understanding like this is not working. This is not working. So anyone who is a little bit anxious on transitioning from athlete life to your own health and fitness journey, I will tell you this. Do not try to replicate the workouts that you were doing as an athlete. Nine times out of 10, those were set up that way for a sport specific reason. So if you are a football player, 
the workouts and lifts you were doing as a football player probably don't need to be the same for you to be a normal human being. Same thing for any sport. If you are a soccer player, I guarantee you're running a lot. You're doing cardio a lot. You don't need that level of endurance unless you want it, right? You don't need that level of endurance in everyday life because you are no longer going to be playing, you know, 90-minute soccer games. Like, we have to understand that our health and fitness journey has to transition just with your routine transitioning. So, again, from past experience and kind of just where I am now, skip out on the, the cardio bunny fiend, you know, skip that that whole stage, guys, seriously. It's not going to get you anywhere, and there is no freaking point of sweating your ass off on four different pieces of cardio equipment and then heading home to like not eat a single calorie. Like that's not going to keep that lean physique that you maybe had while you were in your sport. And I know that staying in shape is a pretty important piece for a lot of post-athlete individuals. They want to stay in shape. I get that. The best thing any of you guys can do listening to this right now is to get into a very consistent lifting schedule and match your nutrition with your new level of working out. I say lifting because lifting is the absolute best way to build strength to build muscle, to then decrease your body fat, and then aiding that all with like the proper nutrition plan, you'll see a lot more results than you ever will, probably in sport workouts you were doing and also any cardio that you plan on overdoing as well. And that's kind of where I found myself. So I am an online health and fitness coach. And if you are an athlete listening to this and you're like, well, what the hell does my lifting split look like? What the hell should I be eating? What the hell? This is what I do for a living. So if you have questions on this or want to reach out, I'm all ears and, again, have so much personal experience with this specifically, I would love to help. I really, really would. So you're not alone. You don't have to go at this alone. Let me help you figure that out because it's freaking hard. But going back to getting into the gym and doing what works for you, the reason I say lifting as well is like a very... I, I, I would recommend it to everyone post-athlete life is because it also gives you that same kind of competitive edge and like adrenaline and like excitement. You get to see how much weight you can lift and if you can lift heavier than you did last week. And you're still competing in a sense, but you're competing against yourself and the you you were yesterday or last week or last month. And like, I get obsessed with that feeling. I freaking love it. That's how I've been able to kind of keep competing, keep my edge, keep my drive going is like, I want to be better than the, the the me I was last November, the me I was last month, the me I was like, that's where I can continue that. And I think again, coming from being an athlete, my competitive side is through the roof. Like I will compete with you on the silliest of, of things. Like who can, you know, who can type as many words in a minute? Like, let's try it out right now. Let's do it. Who can say more words in a minute? I bet I can. Like, I'm just, I'm a very naturally competitive person. So to graduate college and not ever need to compete was weird for me. But again, I'm not going to go dive myself into like all of the things in CrossFit and Orange Theory and this class and that class. No, I'm just, I'm going to compete with the me I was yesterday. And I, I believe that that is the most sustainable way to go about your new sense of exercise and health. You know what I mean? You're not competing or preparing for the big game against Penn State this weekend, but you are competing against the you you were last week. And can you beat that person? Okay, cool. How are we going to do it? What are we going to do? How are we going to prepare to beat that person? And kind of just switching your mindset from beating that team to beating you and in a good, healthy, obviously way. So a lot of that comes from nutrition is a big piece of the puzzle. I decided to run my ass off literally on the treadmill every single day to follow up my post 
pre-workout meal with like those hundred calorie pack of nuts and call it a day until about dinner when I was like ready to keel over. And I was seeing absolutely no results from it. I was losing my damn mind. I kept looking back on pictures of myself as a gymnast being like, wow, I was so lean. Wow. Look at my muscles. Wow. Look at my legs, all this stuff. And not quite connecting the dots that everything I was doing now was not going to get me to that lean physique that I was thinking back on. So that took a lot of research on my end, a lot of trial and error. Again, why I'm coming on here to maybe save you guys a few months of torturous cardio and 100 calorie packs of nuts. Like, don't do that to yourself. Start lifting, start fueling your body. Maybe it is a little bit less food than you're typically used to as an athlete, but be prepared for that as well. You don't have to go all or nothing, you know, from eating 15 times a day as an athlete to eating once a day as a normal human being. No, there is a middle ground there. So find that middle ground. And again, I think that your health and fitness journey should be what you want it to be. If you find this newfound passion for running and you want to compete in like marathons, fuck yeah, go do it. Go do it. Find your competitive edge. Find what works for you. Maybe CrossFit is what, what works for you. Maybe you want to, I don't know, what whatever it is, find what works for you that you enjoy. And again, like I said, with the career, find aspects that you enjoyed with your sport and bring that now into your health and fitness routine. For me, I loved lifting with my team. I freaking loved it. Like music blasting. I had the greatest strength coaches all through college. Like I fell in love with like getting to my lifts. I liked lifts more than I liked practice for real. So being able to transition from that into like getting a gym membership and figuring out how to lift, like that was a normal progression for me because I really, really liked it. I had teammates who really, really hated it and used to complain every single time we had to go to lift. And guess what? Those girls are not lifting right now. They don't work out. They don't go to the gym. They don't lift and they don't care. And that's fine. Like find what works for you in this next phase phase from a health and fitness perspective, find sustainability and then go from there. So the last and probably the biggest piece of this, save the best for last, right, is the mindset piece of transitioning from athlete life to the real world. And, and I got asked a question um, and I'll read it to you guys. It said, how do you go from being a somebody to just being a face in the crowd? And I read it a few times and I was like, wow. Okay. So that is something I really, really resonated with. Um, and I'm sure a lot of us can too, like as a member of a sports team, especially a good sports team, like a team that you say and people know it or like a college that you say and people are like, oh, okay. Like as a member of that, you are known, you are somebody, you are established, people recognize you and you kind of have that built in clout from just being on that team. Even if you're not that good, (laughs) even if you're not the star of the show, but you're a member of the University of Maryland's men's basketball team that just won the national championship. Like even if you didn't play a fucking second in that game, you say that people like step back. Like, Oh, okay. Oh, so you must be good. And you're kind of like, yeah, I am good. Like, even if it's not freaking true, like you have that built in hype around being an athlete. So yeah, going, you are somebody, you're a big somebody. And that is the, I have a smile on my face right now. That's the coolest feeling in the whole damn world because you work your ass off to be that somebody. Okay. So don't discredit yourself. Like just because you were on a sports team, you were automatically someone like, yeah, it hypes you up a little bit more, but you're, you're, you're still you, right? You're, you're still the you, like I'm still Deanna on the Maryland gymnastics team. And what starts to get blurred is the lines between the two. Instead of being you 
on the gymnastics team. Instead, you are just the gymnastics team, right? There is no identification. There is no personal I am me. And what I learned is that you have to be okay with you. Let that sink in. You have to be okay with you and who you are and realize that you as an individual added something to the team, right? Like the team didn't add something to you. You brought your skill, your personality, your hard work and your drive, your passion to the team, which then got recognized. It's not the other way around, right? So you have to kind of shift your focus your focus from being recognized as an athlete to just like, hey, no, I was recognized for me. Like I, Deanna, was a member of the University of Maryland gymnastics team. Instead of like, I, like, that's all I do. That's who I am. That's what I am. No, I am me. And because of who I am, I was able to work my ass off to be on that team, to bring value to that team, to win those meets and the competitions and the awards and blah, 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 instead of the other way around. So you've got to learn and you got to shift your mind. And that's not an easy thing to do, guys. Like, I'm not saying this so that tomorrow morning you can wake up and be like, I am me. Yes, I'm good. <laughs> but start to learn to be okay with that. And maybe even that's something you say to yourself as like an affirmation in the morning or whatever it is. Like, I am me. Like, you don't have to tie your worth, your success, your accomplishments, your identity to that sport. And yeah, you did, as we all do, for probably a really, really long time. But start to understand that that sport did not define you. That sport was just something that you did. And even if you don't do it anymore, that doesn't mean everything about you is different or changed or doesn't have as much value. None of that is true. So I kind of tried to do my best. And this is still something I struggle with a ton, like to shift my focus instead of being recognized by people who... Like I, like, I would rather be recognized by people who truly get the chance to know me and my personality and my accomplish instead of being recognized by people because I'm on the gymnastics team. And it's like, do you even know my name? You know what I mean? Like understanding that balance there. And it's kind of cool when you're no longer an athlete. Like it's almost like you don't have that shadow cast over you anymore. And you have the ability to really shine through as who you are. And what you bring to the table and things you enjoy. And, you know, having people get the chance to know you, not just get to know you because you're on the basketball team. Like, who cares? Right? So learning to understand and shift your focus to that is something that I tried to do my very best. And I turn more to how the people who truly know me, how those people view me, rather than just the overall hype of it all. And the same thing kind of applies now as well. Like I am uh, an online health and fitness coach. I work for a company called The Higher Standard. And I'm amongst a lot of other coaches who are super high achieving, super well established, very, very accomplished, intelligent, like the best of the best. I freaking love this team more than I can even say. But again, I put myself back in a position to be on a team. And the difference here and now is I no longer identify myself as an assistant coach inside of The Higher Standard. And instead, I identify myself as Deanna. I'm me. I am I am myself. And what do I do? Oh, I'm, I'm an assistant coach inside of the higher standard, right? Those two things have to be separate. So if you're starting to transition from being an athlete, maybe you're going to be heading into your senior season soon. Start to recognize your identity outside of just your sport. Okay? And for me, that was hard. Like, I never thought I'm Deanna was ever enough. 
Like it, it had to be something like I'm Deanna and I'm a Division One gymnast and da 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 da. Like it had to all kind of flow at once in order for me to be okay with who I am, and that's crazy. That is crazy. You have to be okay with who you are and your accomplishments outside of just your sport. And especially now when that sport is kind of stripped away from you. Like, even if that's the case, like you can then always tie yourself to something. You can then go tie yourself to your career. You can tie yourself to your relationship. You can tie yourself to anything. But what you're going to start to realize and understand and see pop up over and over and over again is you're never going to feel like you're enough as just you because you're putting these like temporary, you know, identities, like sticking them right to you, sticking it right to you, sticking it right to you instead of just being like, no, I am who I am. It's me. So use post-athlete life as a way to kind of find you and what you truly enjoy and how you like to spend your time and the people you want to be around, not just your teammates and your schedule and your classes and your sport. It's like, what do you, what do you want? And for a lot of us, myself included, graduating college and leaving the sport of gymnastics was literally the first time I ever asked myself that question. I never, ever, ever asked myself like, well, what do, what do I want to do? It was like, I don't know. Like what? I, I, I don't know what I want to do because today I have to go to practice, lift classes, this class, study, blah, blah, blah. Like there was never enough time in the day to even sit down and think about that. So use this as an opportunity to think about that. And you don't have to find and figure out and write down 55 different things that you enjoy because for most of your life, what you enjoyed was your sport and your teammates. And that's great. So don't expect now that you had this one joy your whole life to graduate from that sport and be like, wow, I have 65 hobbies. This is so fun. Like that is not going to happen for most of us. It didn't happen for me. Like my one hobby, my one passion, my one thing that I really, really enjoy is health and fitness. Like my own fitness journey, my workouts in the gym, the feeling I get when I crush it and I'm walking out of there, music blasting, like I love learning about, you know, progressive overload and workout splits and how to better understand the human body to do different things, to look a certain way, to feel better. Like that's what my passion is. And that comes full circle with me then coaching my clients online and working with women and helping them reach their full potential and to to find that spark and that feeling that I get when I leave the gym. Like I want them to feel that. I want them to wake up in the morning, look at themselves in the mirror and be like, holy shit, I'm doing it. I look good. I feel good. Like find your passion, find what you enjoy as a human being, and then try to tie that to a career. I am now what, two years post-college? Yeah, two years, Um, which is honestly relatively quick. (laughs) I've known athletes who graduate and, you know, 10, 15 years later, they start to kind of figure out their passion and they figure out their, their drive and their motivation. I was very, very blessed to understand and figure that out relatively quickly and be working in a job in a field in a company that supports every single one of those goals and, and aligns with every single passion that I have. That's a very unique situation. Again, I'm going to say it. I feel incredibly blessed and incredibly fortunate to be where I am today. But again, I think going through the hardships of working with that doctor, going through the you know, disappointment in myself of working in a gym, like I had to go through all of that to find myself and find what I love and find what I enjoy and like find comfort in the hard, like do the hard things. 
Do the hard things to figure out what you enjoy. Do the uncomfortable things to start a new career or start your own company. Like as an athlete, you are capable of so much. That's why most companies, nine times out of 10, if you tell them you were an athlete, division one or not, they're going to hire you over some Joe Schmo who's maybe gotten an identical application. Being an athlete, you are, in my opinion, head and shoulders above most of the people at your age or at your level from a mindset perspective, physical ability, mental ability, hardworking, focus, like all of those things, you guys as athletes are destined for great things. But don't expect those great things to come circling right around the second you graduate and you step into your first job. Like that's a hard pill to swallow. But understand that you have the potential to do great things. I'm going to counter that though. No one's going to set those things up for you. As an athlete, everything is set up for you. You want to win a national title? Boom, boom, boom. Here are the three steps you have to do to get there. I'm not going to guarantee that they're going to happen, but like to win nationals, guess what? We got to qualify for states, which looks like winning these three meets. And after states, we got to qualify for regionals and we got to win regionals, which looks like this, this, and this. The steps are laid out. They're set up. They're in place. Whether you follow through or not is kind of up to you and your team. And that's totally different, but it's a quick A, B, and C to get to where you want to be. Success, goal achieved, accomplished, good, check that off. In the real world, post-athlete life, those things aren't set up. That was the hardest thing for me to understand. There is no straight line, point A to point B of success at all. Like, yeah, you could climb the corporate ladder, but are you going to feel accomplished when you get there? Who knows? Yeah, you could start your own business, but is it going to be successful? Who knows? Nobody's laying out those steps for you. And that's where you got to kind of put on your, your thinking cap and start to really dive deep into exactly what you want and lay those steps out for you, for yourself. Like that's, that's the tough piece of the puzzle with all of this is you are responsible for your own success. Say that to yourself. Like it's not your coaches. It's not your lifting, you know, coach. It's not your nutritionist. It's not whatever it is. You are responsible for your own success and nobody is going to come out and rescue you and get your butt moving and do it for you. Nobody's going to pave the way for success or excellence or you achieving whatever your goal is. You got to get up every day. You got to figure out exactly what it is you want and you got to figure out how to get the fuck up and do it. And that, that, that's, that is the biggest piece of the puzzle. Understand that it's not a given. It's a hard transition We've all done it and you will too. You'll make it out on top, but it's going to be hard. It's going to be a challenge and you got to be ready for that. You got to be prepared for those setbacks just like you would in your sport. Prepare as much as possible. But at this point, you are, you're free. <laughs> Essentially, you are free of all of the mentors and coaches and teammates and responsibilities and obligations. It's just you. And that freedom should scare you a little bit but not if you rely on the characteristics you've built up as an athlete. Determined, resilient, passionate, hardworking, all of those things set you up for a successful life, not just in athletics. So if you carry that same burning passion and fire into your new life in the real world, you'll navigate it just fine. 